We're back. Hello. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Melanated Way. I'm Linda. That's April. We are covering all things 90 Day Fiance, the UK series two. We're catching up on episode three and episode four. And listen, I'm all in. I'm all in on the drama. They're bringing the drama. This, this Absolutely. Um, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Bottom of the screen, you can see where you can support the show, you guys. Uh, everywhere, everywhere, <laughs> Linda is so girly. Um, feel free if you feel so led. And while we're at it, go ahead and like and subscribe and tell a friend and tell a friend. And then head over to April's page, Holloway Legal PLLC, and like and subscribe over there. Shout out to the live chat. We see you. Hello, hello, hello. hello. Um, what else do I want to say? What else do I want to say? That's it. That's it. Let's jump right into it. Did you let's want to get something? No, I'm ready. Let's dive right in. So <laughs> let's dive in. We are starting off with uh, Jose and Louise. And uh, just so that we're all on the same page, let me just pop these two up on our screen real quick. <clears throat> Overall thoughts of their segments. Should we do uh, three and four, like one couple all the way through? Yeah, let's do that. One couple all the way through. There were several things that happened that I have questions about. Um, maybe we'll get into them, you know, more later on in the season. But what is happening? Why does she say, I have to be with Jose repeatedly? That part and that she can't live without him, that he's her whole world. Girl, you are a mother. You are a mother. Shouldn't your child be your whole world? Like, I am confused by this whole situation, you know, getting married after 10 days. And clearly he put no effort, time, energy in, into it. Uh, the whole money situation, like, what do you two do for work? Because it is definitely not clear to me. Um, so, yeah, I have a lot of questions too, April. So let's just jump in. So <clears throat> one of the things that I thought was interesting about, and and we're going to talk about the Afro. I'm usually not that, <laughs> that girl, but we're going to talk about it because I have questions. So where they left off on episode two was, Louise had questions about him have, having sex with prostitutes. And my question really is, would he say yes? Like, would what? he be like, yeah, I have, I have sex with prostitutes and? Yeah. <laughs> also, it's not the right question to ask. If you're gonna ask the question, have you had sex with anybody is the question. That part, that part. And, you know, we talked about it last week, but here's the thing, like, there's clearly a language barrier and it's clear that he doesn't answer the question. So I didn't understand how they went from this being a major issue for the relationship to just being like, okay, he didn't answer. Let's just go ahead and get married. Doesn't make sense to me. But <clears throat> he does say that he respects her and he loves her forever life. And there's no other woman. He tries to explain that. I guess they were working on a music video and it's his friend's friend or the lady of the friend or whatever. And he's like, thank you. Clearly it's a language barrier, um, but there's no prostitute. It's just a rumor. 
and I guess she's a dancer in his music video on YouTube. Whatever the case may be, she says she wishes she wishes he could tell her without the translation. Um, ma'am, what? <laughs> she said that as if there's other significant communication that they've had without the translation, and there isn't. Ma'am, that we've seen. You've been talking to her via FaceTime for a year and you don't even know what he's saying. And you guys have little to the zero communication really, unless there's a translating app there, which I don't see popping out all the time. Yet you've decided that you can't live without him and you're gonna marry him and all's hunky-dory. And any question that you have or concern you have, even if he doesn't answer it, that's cool. You're still all in because you can't live without him. It's also bizarre. It is also bizarre. What up, Dustin? What up, C. Cruz? So he says to her, you're my husband. And she starts laughing. And she's like, not my husband. Wife. I'm your wife. <laughs> and I was like, that little misunderstanding is representative of their entire relationship so far to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you clearly are not on the same page. And if we talk about, I mean, we talk about, and I'm going to be talking about, because I am covering a 90 Day The Last Resort, we talk about communication being key. Uh, Y'all aren't even communicating. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out, A, how you guys got married, and B, how you're pregnant with his, and if you didn't know this, spoiler alert, but she's pregnant and they're having a baby. Like, What? Yeah, I'm, I'm very confused. I would love for someone to ask her either now or in the tell-all when they've been on the phone for 16 hours a day, what exactly are they doing? Because they're not able to communicate. That part. So you're smiling and giggling at each other? Like, what is exactly happening for those 16 hours? And again, do y'all work? Because now we know that immigration is going to be an issue and we'll get to that later and we'll get April's expertise on it. But if you're talking for 16 hours a day and you guys don't speak each other's language, you're clearly not communicating about anything. So what exactly it is that you're doing? And then you go there. And one of the things I thought was interesting, and this is with all the couples, they're not messing around. Like they're going to the country and they're getting engaged and then they're getting married, like back to back to back to back. There's no like- I'm done. <laughs> yeah, there's no I'm done. There's like, let's do this. Mm -hmm. I don't know you. Doesn't matter if I don't know you. Let's do this, which I find very interesting for for series two. Yeah. So <clears throat> she says, and then she, like April said multiple times, she says this throughout uh, episode four, or excuse me, episode three and episode four, that she quote needs to be together at all times with him. Why? What were you Why? doing before you met him? And what do you do outside of being in Colombia for the first time? I don't know. I, I have no understanding. Even though we met her mom and her son, it's like they're not giving us any understanding of why she needs this desperation, this, this, this desperate relationship, why she's so desperate to be with this person. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Uh, Kitchen Skills is asking me a question. Hi, everyone. Just joining in. Linda, please tell me you aren't still a fan of Louise. I don't know if I ever said I was a fan. I definitely was was giving Jose 
uh, more flack last episode than this, but I think that they're equally to blame. And I think that uh, Louise is making some choices that don't really make sense to me. And I think that Jose, and I hate to say it, but I think Jose has ulterior motives here. I really do. I think this is about his music career. I think this is about him going to the UK and thinking that he's going to be the next international superstar uh, from 90 Day Fiance, but the UK version. And the simple fact that neither of the two think that communication the, and the lack thereof is not an issue is a red flag to me. Yeah. I put a little bit more blame on Louise because she's older. She has a child to consider that still lives in the house with her. He should be able to be comfortable in his own home. And I can't be as upset with a young person who's trying to find some kind of future for themselves. Yeah, and we've talked about this. April and yeah. I agree on this, but uh, but I get what she's saying. Uh, shout out to uh, Busola. We see Busola. you. Busola. Hey, girl, hey. Um, yeah, so here's the thing. So all of this is done, right? So she's acting a little bit, I think, in desperation that she needs to be with him all the time. And I'm like, but you, this is the first time you're seeing him in real life. So like, what are you even talking about? And mm -hmm. you're 39 years old. So like, what have you been doing for the last 39 years that you can't live without this dude? Don't, I don't understand. But that being said, she says she's super happy. It's everything that she dreamed it would be. He's everything that she's ever wanted. And she's talked about love being a fairy tale and all of that stuff. And this is where I, I say, you know what? This is what's going to be your downfall. Because you know what? Yes, love is a beautiful thing. But guess what? It's also work. And it's not a fairy tale. And we live in the real world. And as you guys know, many of you guys who, who know me, I can be all the things, but I'm a realist. And in a realist, as a realist, relationships take work. And if you think you're going to go the distance, guess what? You're going to have to be able to communicate. That is key. And all the four things that I keep telling you guys, I don't, I know for a fact that these fools have not had the conversation. She doesn't even know what he does to make money. She just knows that he has a YouTube page. Yeah, she's no clue. She's no clue what the wedding plans are. She's no clue what the reception after wedding plans are. And she's talking about this fairy tale thing. And it's so weird to me because it's like, I know that some people sacrifice being able to have emotional connection with someone in order to have like financial comfort. And then some people go the other way. Like I want somebody I'm emotionally connected with, even though we're not, he's not the most motivated or doesn't have the most money, but she's getting neither. 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 And he is showing exactly who he is and she's accepting it. And I, I'm just having a hard time wrapping my mind around it. So the wedding's coming up. It's going to be the next day. And I was like, my note literally says, what? You guys are getting <laughs> married? Like yesterday you were talking about him sleeping with prostitutes. He didn't answer. And you're like, hey, cool. Let's just still get married. And it's clear to me, April, that they didn't talk about the marriage, what it's going to look like, where it's going to be, what, how they're going to dress, none of it, because it was all surprising to her as she was going through it. Yeah, There's it was no, all surprising. April, you're not going to catch me at 39 with no friggin' plan 
and me just be like, yeah, let's do this. What do you, you, I don't know what you're wearing. I don't know where we're going. I don't know who's coming. I don't know who we're <laughs> celebrating. I don't know anything. I'm, I don't like there. What? You guys well, it, yeah. It also looks like they slept together. So before she even asked the question about prostitutes, they still slept together the night before. Yeah. So if it was so important to you for your health to know if he was sleeping with prostitutes or with other people, why'd you already sleep with him? You know that it was not an issue. Uh, hey, Regella. Hey, girl. Hey. Secret hey. makes an excellent point. She put him on a pedestal, and yes, she needs to get real. How did he even get on the pedestal? What has he done? Because what, yeah, exactly. If it's just about a little bit of attention, then that's a problem, right? Because I think that, and we've talked about this quite extensively, but we're living in a time where it's like the loneliest times ever, and people are lonely and desperate and all the things. And you can't come out of a place like that and think that you're going to have a healthy and happy relationship because you've got to deal with whatever it is that's making you feel that way first, become whole, and then be in a relationship with someone who is also whole. You can't bring in, you know, a quarter of yourself and get a little bit of attention. All of a sudden, this fool's on a pedestal and you think that, you know, he's the best thing since sliced bread when really he's bringing nothing to the table and you can't even communicate with him. <laughs> <sighs> so, um, they're getting married <laughs> and she's going to meet his grandmother. Who's like his mo mother figure to him, um, just before the wedding. And it, that's a mess because when she said that Jose was the translator, I was like, how's Jose translating when he doesn't, he can't even understand you. Yeah. So. All we're hearing is no tiendo, no tiendo, no. Yeah, because none of y'all know what's going on. We're just smiling and giggling and hoping that everything's going to be okay. And like, how do you base your entire future on that, April? Please explain it to me. I have no answers. Just like Sway, I ain't got the answers. Then the other thing that was super irritating to me to you guys is this whole third person talk. She talks about the relationship in third person. So she's like, yeah, Louise and Jose, this Louise and Jose, that Louise and Jose, you know, can you, can you translate for Louise and Jose? What? <laughs> are they different people than the two of you that are sitting right there? Why are we doing this? It's irritating. <laughs> And I don't understand what what's happening right now. See, when things like that happen, I don't know if I'm missing some kind of British culture marker. 100% not. Okay. 100% not. Nope. Okay. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. No, sir. It's good, though. It's good. Everything is good. It's good chicken. It's good. 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 It is not good. It is not good. So they're getting married after spending 10 days in real life together. Both are nervous, obviously. Both are making a big step that I just think is incredible. I couldn't do it. Um, her family's against it. 
um, but she feels it's a special kind of love and she can't live without him. So again, this is the second time in this one episode where she's talking about how she can't be without him. They have to be together all the time. And I just think it's weird because you've only known him for 10 days. And in those 10 days, you have like two word conversations because you don't know much Spanish at all. And he doesn't know much English at all. So I, I just, I don't get it. What can't you live without? I don't get it. I don't get it. The, the more, and I'm not saying this to be mean either, but like the more we see her, the more I'm wondering if a part of her disability is cognitive. Mm, could be. Because, you know, otherwise, why wouldn't she take the time to learn more Spanish? Yep. You've had over a year. You've had 16 hour conversations daily and you didn't pick up un poquito espanol. Por qué? Right. Not even enough to introduce herself or ask basic questions, order her own food. Like, what is going on Wild. here? Wild to me. So um, they're getting married. He's in a T-shirt and some crazy-ass earrings. Uh, she's in a green dress. They go to the courthouse. There's no flowers. There's no music. Uh, she doesn't even know exactly what's happening. It's just a desk, as you see on your screen. And then there's no vows. There's nothing. It's just a contract that is read to them by a third party. And the contract literally says it's a contract of matrimony with the purpose of procreating and aiding each other. No vows. All he said was, I love you, chicken. They exchanged rings. They kissed. And that was it. What were your thoughts on that, April? Because I was about to go off. So I'll <laughs> you go first. I thought that this was sad and just pathetic. And she was talking about all this fairy tale stuff. And I, girl, I, I, I'm truly puzzled by this, Kyrie. I'm truly puzzled about they what they about talk about. 16 hours just singing I love you chicken back and forth. Facts, that part. But April, look at her face. This does not look like, and look at his face. This does not look like a joyous moment. This does not look like you found the love of your life. This is your soulmate and you can't wait to spend the next eternity with them she looks super sad she looks like she doesn't really understand what's going on she looks disappointed and he looks like hey let's get this ball rolling so i can get my my butt to the uk am i wrong you are not wrong that was her dream wedding diana says she's insistent that she is happy with this person even though she's dialoguing to us that it's not what she expected and she didn't understand what was happening, she insists that she's happy with this person. It is it is the weirdest thing. 100%. So they have this really nondescript wedding. And I, I'm going to use air quotes because I felt like the wedding was just really quite terrible. And like I said, it looked to me like he didn't put any effort into it. He didn't, you know, get her flowers. He didn't write any vows. He didn't write her song. I don't care about this chicken song that we keep hearing about. That was then. What are you doing today? And 
for that not to be something that stands out to her. It just makes me feel like, why are you settling for less? You have a, you're a full grown woman and you have a full grown child. I don't understand what's happening here. Why are we, why is this okay with you? Why is this enough? She's insistent on settling for less because then she's trying to convince us that this is okay. She could just say like, you know, I'm of the age where I have some friends who are just like, you know what? I want to have a kid and it didn't, it's not happening the way that I wanted it to. So I'm just going to have a kid with a sperm donor. The end. If that's what you want, Louise, just be honest about it. Don't keep trying to convince us this is a good relationship. Yeah, it's wild. So then uh, she didn't know about the wedding and she definitely didn't know about the party. What she did say, which was just wild to me. So she's like, yeah, and you know, I know it's going to be an amazing party because Colombians know how to party, which they do. And again, no effort made for the after party because the after party was not even in the hotel, not the hotel lobby. No, let me rent a suite and decorate it and have it catered. No, it was in the basement of a hotel. I feel like someone works there and they're like, hey, I know there's area in the basement that no one goes to. We can go ahead and bring some chips and dip out. I can get a couple of bottles and we can call it a day. They didn't even bother to have a cake. Nothing. Nothing, y'all. This this is what the party was. And again, if you look at Louise's face, where's the happiness and where's the joy? I don't see it. So <clears throat> she's upset a little bit. They have their first dance and guess what? They dance to his chicken song, obviously. Uh, because we have to promote that song as much as we can with the airtime that we're getting. She calls her family. She can't reach them. She really wants to talk to her son and her mom, and uh, the calls are not getting through. Gustavo <laughs> <laughs> said, did they have any food? They had a couple of chips. Yeah, they had crisps. Wedding food, potato chips, and some champagne. That part, Diana. And not even, that champagne was like blue. Did you notice that? Yeah, it, it wasn't even real champagne. It was no, something else. It was something else. So he his last words uh, were he hopes he gets the spousal visa, which to me was the biggest red flag ever. Uh, but that's that's where they are. And if she doesn't see it, then I don't know what else to say. Right. So right. moving into episode four with Louise and Jose. Uh, they're in marital bliss. Apparently they do the nose kiss, the Eskimo kiss. Uh, they're walking through the market. They see this plastic chicken and they buy it from the market. And that just entertains them the entire episode. He keeps squeezing the stupid chicken and I love you chicken. I love you chicken. I'm totally over it. What were your thoughts? April? So over it. He's making the chicken like squeak and talk in her face. How are these two people adults? Don't know. Don't know. Uh, but guess what? They're married. So her bright idea is she's going to bring Jose to the UK on a tourist visa. And he's going to be able to stay for three months. So April, can we walk through the immigration part of it? If he was already denied two times for a visa... How is it that he got the tourist visa for the third time? Is it because they got married? Yeah, so it UK has something special 
where if you are married to a citizen, you can request a visa on arrival based on the marriage. I researched this because I was confused about how two people are doing it in this show uh, without requesting it ahead of time. So that's what she was expecting to be able to do. Got it. I don't so, think it's bright. I don't think that's the bright idea. No, not really. So they are not booked on the same flight. And I had some questions about that because she's like, he can't be on the same flight as her. And I'm like, why don't you then just change your flight and be on the later flight with him and come in together? And that way, you, in my opinion, you would have less issues at immigration. The fact that you came in on the first flight and he's coming in in the second flight that's part of the reason why he's staying there for hours and hours and hours because they can't understand what the hell's going on and why are they calling you? If you were just in Colombia and you just got married, why are you guys not traveling together? Those are questions I just am popping off the top of my head. So you can imagine being uh, an immigration, a custom official and having this guy who doesn't speak English come in, say he's married and he's staying for three months. Well, where are you staying? When did you get married? Where is your spouse? How are you going to support yourself for the next three months? If you're not, because you can't, because you're on a visitor's visa, how is your spouse going to support you for the next three months? How much money do you have with you that you're going to be able to buy things and support yourself? How do we know that you're not going to overstay your tourist visa do you know the address to where you're staying because they always ask you that mm -hmm. there are so many like i could go on and on and on and on you don't just like hey we got married so guess what we're gonna pop in to the uk we're gonna get our visitor's visa at the airport and all's gonna be good and then for the simple fact that she thought that because she had somewhere for him to stay that that was going to be enough support you are highly mistaken my friend all those 16 hour conversations, you are definitely not researching the things that you need to research. Absolutely. He's supposed to have enough money to cover food, emergencies, not just have a place to stay. Those people who only just have a place to stay are at higher risk for overstay. So she's not really thinking about this from the perspective of the immigration officer at all. Um, and them being able to do their job. That's what you want to think about. Like, how do I make it easy for the officer to say yes to me? How do I make it easy for them to do their job? That part. That part. So she lands. Uh, she gets She gets in at 2.30. She's waiting on him to land. He lands at 3. And uh, I thought it was interesting how she was saying Bogota. She was say, saying... Bogata. Is that what, how she was saying it? She, she said, was correct. She was punctuating it really weirdly. Yeah, like, uh, no, she was saying Bugata. <laughs> Bugata. And I was like, oh, that's different. That's the first. Um, so he's landed. It's now five o'clock. So she's been waiting for a couple of hours almost. And she gets a call from immigration about the relationship and his stay all the things so she's answering these questions i thought it was weird that she didn't say do you want me to come there and like you can talk to us together she didn't say that she's just waiting on them to call when they have questions and obviously they had questions um so he's stuck in immigration and hours go by hours go by it's now 7 30 they've left him alone in a room and they're texting amongst each other 
and he's tired. He needs to poop. He's complaining. He's this, he's that. And I'm like, y'all didn't plan this properly. I just, I don't understand. I feel like you guys are both to blame and that's why you're in the situation you're in. What was the plan? You don't even know that. And, and here's the thing, April. So they call her back. Okay. No, first, let me say this. She calls her mom and is basically like, they're giving him a hard time. They're holding him. And the mom, the mom was giving her no type of support. She's like, Oh, so uh, you guys have problems. Yeah. I thought that would happen. (laughs) Yep. All right then. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. bye. <laughs> uh, it's now eight o'clock and he's texting. So there are two things that he's upset about. One is that he broke the wheel to his favorite suitcase. And number two, that they're having him go through biometrics. Now, when I heard that, I, I thought that's a good thing because A, biometrics to do it is very expensive and they're not just going to do it if they're not going to let you into the country. I'm going to tell you that right now. I've gone through biometrics a plenty of time and, you know, between the fingerprinting and I, I don't know at the airport, is it the same at the airport? Because you have to go to a specific doctor, you have to get fingerprinted, you do the body scan, the whole thing. Um, so I felt like that was a good sign. What did you think, April? I did think it was a good sign that they were proceeding with biometrics if they were planning to send him back to Columbia they probably just would have taken his name and copied his ID and put him back on a flight. Um, Biometrics, I think, was a good sign that they're going to let him stay. Actually, the longer he's there is a better sign that he's going to be able to stay as opposed to him just being told, we're we're putting you en route back to Columbia. Yeah, agreed. So she's been waiting for six hours at this point. Uh, He's upset. She's upset. Um, immigration calls her again and says, what's his job? She says he's a solo artist, which I thought gave her no points at all. At all. Or, or him any points, because if I look because I have you guys, go ahead and look him up. There are no articles online about him. All he has is his YouTube page and his Instagram. And his Instagram is sus in that he's got bazillion followers, but the interaction... Um, it's a little suspect, but yeah, it looks like bot followers. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Um, and so if I was an immigration officer, I'd be like, that means nothing to me. He's a solo artist. Where does he perform? You know, what does he do? And they asked him and how does he make his money? And she says, literally, she's not sure of his income. He's staying for three months and you you married him and you don't know how he gets his money. That's. And you're wondering why they're holding him. Like, you don't think that that's a problem. Like, what do you do? Like, seriously, you guys, what does she do? So at some level, because they allow people to come in in this manner, they're also having to make a decision about how valid this marriage is. And her lack of information about how he earns money also, they want to know if he has any ties to Colombia where he would not overstay the visa. And her inability to detail how, like, does he have a job that he has to go to um, is not boding well for him either. So things are not things are not going well as far as them answering these questions. Agreed. You guys are going to, I mean, be prepared. 
Do you know what I mean? Boy Scout, Girl Scouts, be prepared. Yeah, if this is happening to you, first of all, try to be on the same flight as your person. That's one thing I did like about Kara and the other 90 Day series. She flew down to fly back with her spouse to the U.S. to make sure or at least be available um, for if he had any troubles coming through immigration. Immigration, coming through immigration, maybe in the U.K., not so much on a regular basis, but in the U.S., it can be a very intimidating process. So if your partner is going through that process and you have the means to fly with them, do that. What she said. So uh, they had questions. She did not have the answers. So they haven't made a decision. And she's feeling desperate. And again, for the umpteenth time, she's like, Jose's her whole world. And I'm like, what? How? How? You don't even know this fool. Can you explain to me how he's your whole world all of a sudden? Because that just reeks to me of desperation. And I need to know why you're feeling so desperate because it's clear to me that you have a support system around you. You have your kid, you have your mom, you have your friends. So what is it that you're missing here that Jose, who you've known for 10 days in person, who you can't communicate with because you both don't speak the same language. So either, you know, the D is amazing and you can't live without it or else you're, you're talking nonsense to me right now. It's not, it's gotta be nonsense because she hasn't even had a taste before she was already hooked on him. So it's just, it's nonsense. It's it's whatever she's made up in her head about this person. That part, the fairy tale, the fairy tale romance that she grew up with and is obviously continuing to live. Immigration suggests she goes home because they say that he is not leaving that immigration office anytime soon. Shall we move on to uh, Mercy and Michael? Yes, move on to my girl, Mercy. So Mercy and Michael, overall thoughts on their whole situation? So she said something that did make me concerned this episode. She said, um, I can't wait for it to be over. I said that leading up to my wedding, which obviously ended in divorce. And now I know, like, I wish somebody had reacted to me saying that and not just glossed over it because it meant I didn't need to do that. I did not need to get married. I mean, I, I felt that was concerning and I felt that it was concerning when she was like, you know, I went on this dating app a year ago just to entertain myself and now all of a sudden I'm getting married. That doesn't sound like someone that wants to get married. However, it did sound like she wanted to uh, live abroad. But now that that is also becoming a reality, she doesn't really want to know if she wants to leave her life and leave her friends and her family and her lifestyle. Uh, so let's talk about that a little bit. So. The last we saw of Mercy and Michael, they were fighting about the dowry and uh, they hung up the phone and that was the last before he was expected to travel to Kenya. So she meets up with her friend, tells a friend about the fight and the dowry. And we find out at this time that he has done a no-show ghosting situation to Mercy before where he stood her up, uh, was supposed to arrive at the the airport and didn't show up just ghosted her and reason being he thought that she was scamming him and i just feel like if this is something that's an ongoing issue then like why are we here 
Yeah, why are we here? So he's having second thoughts. So he's in the UK. Uh, he doesn't know if he's making the right decision. He's pap, but he's really pissed off that there's more money needed for this dowry and he's expected to come up with it. So he calls his friend. His friend says, this is all a red flag. They've been saying this is a red flag, red flag. You guys have only spent five weeks together in real life. Uh, so do you even really know her? He questions himself. Do I even know her? But at the same time, he loves her so much. So her asking for more money is a red flag. Well, what is it? Do you love her so much or is it a red flag to you? Like you were saying two different things out each cheek of your mouth. I don't understand. Yeah. Which one is it, Mike? Yeah. So he's supposed to be arriving in Kenya for the wedding. She's waiting for him at the airport. He's bringing his family. The One of the things that was confusing to me is that we met his youngest son. Uh, and apparently he has another son. So there's two of them. Um, and so he brought his two sons and his dad, but like, we don't know them. Are you going to just introduce them? You guys had a full on meal and only that one son continued to talk and everyone else was just there. I just, I don't know. I just, I just thought it was a little weird, but, um, she's waiting for him. Is he showing up? Is he not showing up? And she's outside and. I know a lot of people ask me, like, why should you not go inside? Uh, oftentimes, the airports in Africa are different, and people from the outside can't just walk in. You have to wait for your arrivals to come out, and all the areas outside is where you wait. So that's why she wasn't walking in for everyone that's asking me, why don't you just go inside? The, the, the airports in Africa don't work like that. Uh, the one thing that I was wondering is, why didn't she just text him or call him and be like, where, where are you? Because anytime that I've uh, arrived and can't find who I'm looking for in Ghana. That's what we do. We text like, hey, we're stuck here or we're doing this or we're waiting for our bags or whatever. And that way your person knows because they can't come inside to come get you. That's why you have your phone, right? Yeah. Did he not get whatever chip he needs to be able to communicate there once he arrived? And you know what? I, I used to be like, that's that's valid, but I got to tell you now on international traveling, if you have WhatsApp, you're good to go. You just need a little internet connection and the WhatsApp app and you you can talk to anybody at any time. Where there's a will, there's a way. Just say. These people do not have the will. Except Fidel says, forward. these people need to stop the madness. So she's waiting and in the meantime, she is questioning whether she's going to stay. She's going to give it an hour and maybe not even an hour. We're going back and forth, back and forth. Uh, is he showing up? Is he not showing up? She sees him and all of a sudden all the doubts just pop out of her head. And the first thing she says is the wedding is on. As if to say there would have been a little, there would have been embarrassment if it wasn't, but there would have been some peace if it was off. That's how I took it as a person who should have not, who should not have gotten married. Yeah. I mean, and she was more concerned about the embarrassment of not having a wedding for her village. Cause she's told everyone than the actual wedding itself. Like that's wild to me. Uh, so <clears throat> she sees him, she runs up to him. Uh, 
he's happy he went. He trusted his gut. He knows she loves him. Brought his dad and his two boys with him. Um, and he got the money that he needed for the extra dowry that she didn't tell him about. So he's all sorted. So it's full steam ahead for both of them um, for this wedding. Uh, she... <laughs> so the next... Is it the next day? I guess it's the next day because she goes to see her parents. So it is the next day because we did see them lying in bed together. The next day she goes to see her parents. Her parents are worried because they don't know Michael well. And they want her to stay in Kenya. And, you know, there's there's <laughs> there's some, like, um, cultural differences. And one of the things is, like, he's this white dude with all these tattoos. Parents are like, what are they there for? <laughs> what do they signify? And I'm going to stop there first before I go on. Now, these are valid questions. Listen, Africans do not like tattoos. They do not. They do not like tattoos. And I'm going to tell you a quick story about my mom. So my mom is 100% against anti-tattoos, 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 okay? Uh, do I have a few tattoos? Maybe in my life I have a few tattoos. <laughs> now, tattoos to my mom specifically mean prison. Like you spent time in prison, you're part of a prison gang, therefore, ergo, you're a terrible person, you're a derelict, you're a criminal, and no one's going to want to associate with you because you have tattoos. That's, that's how Africans think. So when the mom and the dad are like, what are these tattoos for? When they're like, what do they signify? That's what they meant. Like, is he a gangster? Mm -hmm. Is he a bad person? Is he a derelict? Like, what do they mean? And then when she tried to explain that, you know, for example, if he gets a tattoo of one of his children, like it represents the children. And then the dad's like, well, where the children come from? <laughs> in... in the UK is he allowed to have multiple wives? <laughs> and then when she's like, no, uh, he had a girlfriend before. Oh, no, you are not a Listen, y'all, in African culture, baby daddy means that's your wife and that's your husband and those are your children. And you can say baby daddy all day long, but baby daddy doesn't mean, hey, you had a, you had a significant other that you were never married to because where did those kids come from? <laughs> yes. And let me tell you how this causes a problem for people immigration-wise sometimes. People specifically from Africa, this happens, not any particular country, just across the continent. They come to the U.S., get married um, to a U.S. citizen, and then um, they put on there that they've never been married before, Right. And when it comes time for the interview, they will pull all of your records from whenever you applied for a visitor's visa. So on your visitor's visa application, if you wrote that you had a spouse, and a lot of people do if they had a, a baby father or a baby mother, they want you to prove that you're now single. You have to show a divorce certificate, but you were never legally married to that person. So there's a lot of people who end up, unfortunately, in this realm of they're married, but they can't actually get residency through their spouse because they can't prove that they're divorced from someone they were never married to. Listen, it's a whole mess. I'm trying to give you guys a little insight. Listen, when the parents had questions, those were valid questions and those were their valid concerns. So he used to have a girlfriend and that's where the kids came from. The other thing is, uh, in Af African culture too, it's usually the eldest male, but if there's no males, 
oftentimes um, the burden is put on the el the eldest daughter. And what does that mean? The eldest daughter or son is like the third parent in the family, right? So they're expected to help everyone else in the immediate family. And what does that look like? That could be financial help. That could be emotional help. That could be babysitting. Whatever the case may be, they're like the third parent. Um, and so the family's worried like, okay, so who's going to help the family once you move away and you're in the UK, you know, who's going to help us? Who's going to support us? And, you know, other little things that they're worried about, like, how do we know that you're going to be okay? Are you going to be eating? You're going to have enough meals? All the things that typical parents are concerned about. So she answers those questions and, um they're off to have dinner with her sister. And this is where April brought up. She's like, she's just waiting for the wedding to be over. And I was like, that's concerning. It's very concerning. And after the wedding, a couple of days later, she's gonna be leaving Kenya and she's gonna have a whole new life in the UK. Um, and it's different, right? She's going to have a whole new life. So she's getting nervous because it's a different culture. She doesn't have any friends there. She doesn't have any family there. She's never been a housewife before. She's never lived with a man before. She's all of these concerns are creeping up into her head, which I thought April, like, these are things that she probably should have thought of when she said yes, when he proposed. Yes, I agree. Um, but obviously she didn't take it seriously. She didn't think that he was really going to follow through to this point. So I do feel bad for her. I do. I know. I know nobody else feels bad for Mercy, but um, I feel bad for her. She's got a lot of responsibility on her shoulder and she just decided she was going to have a little bit of fun and look what, a, <laughs> look what a situation has become. Yeah, but she is also still an adult and she still made her decisions, right? She no is. one's forcing her to get married. No one's forcing her to move to the UK. That's true. I wonder if she will later on try and work out some kind of agreement that's better for her, like sometime in the UK and then sometime in Kenya, you know, on a regular basis. I'll have to look up, see what if UK allows that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the wedding is going to take place over two days. Now I wanted to share with you guys something and I, I popped something up and you guys know I'm pretty private. So this is a big deal for me to share with you, but I'm going to share because there are two things that are really major deals. And, and I say Africa as a continent because it is Africa as a continent. Uh, I specifically going to be talking about Ghana, but in Africa as a continent, weddings and funerals are big deals. And when I say that they're big deals, they are big deals. They are often two and three day events. Um, and it's true, the whole village or tribe comes out, every person that your family has ever passed, cross paths with uh, is there. And um, one of the things that we didn't see, but I know that we're gonna see it in, as we move along with Mercy and Michael's wedding is um, the clothing that you wear. 
Uh, the cloth is very specific. It's specific to your tribe. Uh, the designs are specific to your tribe and each tribe has, has a different symbol that has a different meaning. Each cloth has a different meaning. Um, and so I'm going to show you, this is from, I'm going to say this is from, well, it is from 2019. It's from 2019. Uh, I guess the backstory is um, my dad passed. Uh, this is day one of the celebration of life. Um, and it's a major deal. And I'll show you guys the video. And then if you have some questions later, you can ask me. All right, so you're probably wondering what the hell is all that. So that is myself and my siblings. The dancer was in front of me celebrating um, my dad's life. Uh, the lanyards are a whole different story that I just don't have time to get into right now. As you see, uh, the family, we all have the same uh, cloth. Black and white is like for this day. Uh, one of the days is all black. One of the days is black and red. Um, and again, it goes to your tribe. So you saw a woman walk by, she was in black and white, but her black and white, it was slightly different. Um, and then the woman in the back, you can see that she's in black and white, but again, her black and white is slightly different. So it, it goes on like that. But I share that all to say that weddings and funerals are big deals. So when Mercy talked about um, the wedding taking place over two days, it was very relatable. Um, the other thing that was relatable is when they arrived to a village and they're greeted by all of the villagers that there's song and dance and they're celebrating the return of a fellow villager as well as welcoming a stranger who's now going to be part of the village and family and friends. So what I didn't appreciate, and I really do like um, Michael's son, Kennedy, the one that's the one that's always talking but what i did not appreciate is what he said in the car where they're singing and dancing and obviously celebrating your arrival and you say you're terrified now because he's a kid i'm not going to use cuss words right now but in my mind i was using a lot of cuss words did you want to say anything april nope okay so uh Mercy says something that was super funny that totally took me back into laughing um, because the way it translated. So when she was explaining why there were so many of the villagers there and she said, a girl is not um, eaten by one person. <laughs> she literally said, 
I don't read too much into it. And y'all don't read too much into it because that it doesn't mean what the West thinks it means. It basically means just the same as when they say it takes a village to raise a baby. It's the same thing where a, a female is a part of the village and not just one person is going to greet and take care of. It takes it takes all the village. Right. Um, so there's more dancing, the party's in full swing now. Um, and then there's this whole goat, goat situation that I guess Mercy didn't tell Michael about. And again, I know there's a lot of traditions, but like this is a big one that you should have had that conversation so that he's not thrown <laughs> off, right? Didn't you yeah. Think? So in in the Kenyan tradition, uh, there's a goat. You got to go. There's some goats, and you got to go and pick a goat. And the groom to be has to slaughter the goat that he chooses, and it signifies that there's no other man that Mercy is going to be allowed to have in the household. It seals their marriage. Um, and he's freaking out. He's like, these ghosts are looking at me with sad eyes. I've never <laughs> killed anyone in my life. I've never killed anything before. I don't understand. Like, what, 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 uh, uh. He ends up doing it. They fade to black because I'm sure, like, that would have been a whole <laughs> situation for the producers. Um, and then we move into the dowry situation. And, you know, we talked a little bit about it. He needed to bring three goats. This three crates of soda was new to me. And literally, I'm going to ask my mom if there's a very similar tradition. I know there's not, but I'm going to ask um, in the Guinean culture. But three crates of soda and part of the crates, they had to take out their favorite soda. And then you know how when you cheer sometimes with uh, champagne glasses and you like entwine your arms, mm -hmm. they did that with soda and they their favorite and they had to, I don't know, drink from each other's. Um, they had to bring some, like a whole cage of bananas, sugar, blankets, bed sheets. And I do think that this is specific for her tribe and specific for her family. I don't think that this is the dowry for every Kenyan family. I think this one was specific for hers uh, because these were very specific things. And like the soda thing, that's not, I mean, I think it's specific for her family. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the funny thing that cracks me up the most, April, is the uncle thing. Listen, y'all, <laughs> listen, listen. I am a witness to this. Uncles, first of all, there are way too many uncles in African culture, way too many. And just so you know, out of a form of respect, oftentimes your uncle is actually not your blood relative, but a close family member. But because they're your elder, you call them your uncle. And there's a friggin' ton of them. And listen, these uncles are worse than... 16 year old teenage girls gossiping. They get in everybody's business. Every every uncle comes from all over the part and every uncle has something to say about something. So when the uncle said he's a witness and he doesn't see everything, even though it's in the other room, but he needs to see it for his own eyes. When Mercy says uncles create drama, 100%. 100%. As an African witness, I will tell you that uncles create all the drama all the time, April. Mercy said, we know you like to hear yourself talk. Shut up. <laughs> and the fact that 
the uncle specifically because it's gonna, it would be part of the celebration. So one of the things is um, as family, you bring in alcohol, right? So as they're celebrating you, there's like a money dance and they throw money at you, all the things. You bring the alcohol um, in order to like entertain the people that have arrived or that are celebrating you. And so it wasn't surprising to me that the uncle's concern was that he didn't see the beer. And because <laughs> the beer was late and it hadn't arrived yet, he felt that all the things for the dowry were not there. And when he literally said, I don't know if you deliberately omitted it, well, sit down, uncle. Just sit all the way down. Don't worry. You'll get your beer. You'll be okay. It'll still be a celebration. Settle down. So when the dad's like, it's okay that the beer is late, everything's okay. He thanks Michael for the dowry. There's a whole blessing um, of the couple and then they pray. Uh, did you want to add anything to that or your thoughts on that whole dowry component? I thought it was just really funny because Mercy is sitting there just like internally cracking up and the guy is stressing out. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> like, sit down, uncle, sit down. Yeah, but it was, I'm glad that they let us see the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Auntie Shane and Mert, uh, yeah. overall thoughts of their, I really think these two are lovely. In general, I think they're lovely. I just think it's very bizarre that he insists on applying these traditional gender roles to a non-traditional relationship. Yeah, I'm, I'm confused. I'm a little confused too, because, okay, so first and foremost, before I get, before I forget, uh, there's a couple of things I want to say. So last week I talked crazy about not ever dating a short man. Right. And then I also talked about how I'm really good with heights cause I am. And I said that either Shane is really tall and Mert is really short, which I was right. Um, and I didn't go back and say, but I thought she was at least like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, and he was like 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five, right? Remember when I said mm -hmm. that? April? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I have confirmation. And let me just find it. Because I want to let y'all know that what I am good sites. Okay, so I said, can you answer one thing? How tall are you and how tall is Mert? And do you want to guess, April? I had guessed that she was about six feet and that he might be like five, six, five, seven. Okay, so she says, ha, ha, ha. I knew you would ask that and you were right. She's 5'10 and she thinks Mert is around 5'6, five, 5'7 five, at, a, at a push. At a push. So this bull is like 5'5 five, five. <laughs> and she's 5'10. So that question got answered. Thank you so much. Uh, Shane is actually quite lovely and any of our questions that we have or concerns, um, I'll be able to reach out to her and she's more than willing to answer. Uh, she even gave you, April, a really nice compliment, she said. April hit the nail on the head a lot of times. 
Um, but if you ever want clarity on some of the things I say or anything you may be confused about, feel free to message, reach out, blah, 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 all the things. So lovely. Oh. So lovely. Thank you, Shane. Uh, okay, so Shane is getting her hair cut by Mert, which I thought was kind of like a very sweet thing because, you know, they both do hair. Mm -hmm. And what I loved about episode three is how it's clear that Mert love language is giving things. Um, and Shane love language is compatible to that in that those acts of love um, solidify her feelings in the relationship. So in that sense, it's a good match. So uh, Mert has some surprises for her. So he wants her to look glam, get glammed up, he says. And she is in for an evening that she will never forget. And so they get all glam, they get ready, they start walking and they're walking on the pier by um, some boats. And in the ride chair, or I don't even know if it was a limo or something like that, but the car that they were in, Shane's, get, Shane's like looking over and Mert's getting all weird. He's like, don't look at my phone. I have a message, surprise. And you know, I was like, oh, something's up because he is acting a little out of character, right? A little like snippy. And that's because he's feeling stressed because this is a big day for him. Mm -hmm. um, and Shane even says, you know, he's acting weird. I don't know what's going on, but he's acting a little different. And so they get to the pier. It's raining a little bit. And that's where Merrick tells the audience, us, that he has rented this boat and he's going to propose. He shows the ring. The ring is beautiful. Um. And then my note says, you know, I love Mert for his acts of love because it's obviously a match for Shane. And I love, like we saw like the necklaces and the dinners and the kisses and the hugs, like his overt actions um, of love are just a match for what Shane feels love to be. Yeah. And it's not just throwing money. It's like putting thought into the gifts. That's right. Um, so they get to the boat and it's decorated with balloons and candles and drinks and food. They're going to have dinner. Um, and Shane is like super excited. She's like, this is a star. I had never heard that saying before a star before, but she's like, this is a star, a star, a star. And, um, they have a lovely dinner. I wish they would have told us what the dinner was because, you know, I like to learn stuff like that. Um, and so we see, like, they're in the middle of the ocean and there are these green lasers coming up and there's a heart and it says Shane and another heart. And then I wasn't able to get the best screenshot of it, but... He put, will you marry me up in the sky over the ocean? It was very sweet. And then he, they both stand up. He kneels and proposes again to Shane, will you marry me? And guess what? Shane had a surprise of her own. And she proposed to Mert and had a ring. It was very sweet. A lot of kissing, a lot of love, a lot of happiness. Um, and... Mert says, you know, I want to spend forever with Shane. And 
it was a double proposal and it was very, very sweet. What were your thoughts, April? I loved it. I It was beautiful. I thought it was really well thought out. It's also a very popular way that people propose there. I saw a proposal that was similar. And then I also saw a proposal that was during the day where they had um, someone playing the piano um, as the boat came by and um, proposed like that. So I love it. So just FYI, future husband, take note. <laughs> I'm all about that. I like the big shebang. I don't have to have a big shebang wedding, but the engagement, I I'm about it. It's a good place for, if you're a person who doesn't do well planning stuff, they have people there who will do it for you. It's a good place for hiring a company to make a great proposal for you. All right, guys, just, you know. Just so, just so you know. Just so you know. Dear future husband, just FYI, I wanted to talk about this before we moved on a little bit. You yes. So this is the lake that they're writing down. This is from my trip to Turkey. It was my first solo trip and it was wonderful, but I'm way better at photos now. So I got to do it again and do it over and do it better. But anyway, this right here was so interesting to me because as we were going down the river, they explained to us that this building uh, was built when Costantin wanted a place to house his soldiers. And now it is a high school. There are kids in Turkey who go to a high school where Constantin soldiers used to live. And that is so amazing to me as a history person. I thought my trip to Turkey was just so amazing because they have so much history that's so well preserved there. And I recommend it to anybody. I love it. Love it. Uh, as we move on to episode four, this is where I was a little confused, right? Because I'm loving, I'm loving Mert and all his actions and all the love and stuff that's going on uh, during her trip, the Shane's trip to Turkey. Then Shane gets back to the UK. It's her birthday. They're FaceTiming, and even this was was cute to me. It was a celebration over FaceTime. Mert had bought a little cake, had a little card. Now the card was questionable to me, but it was really sweet. They obviously miss each other. But then the card said, I miss you and I trust you. And I was like, mm, mm. my flag is like, mm. there's something a little bit weird happening. And then I, I was like, well, maybe it's lost in translation. So let me just keep it pushing. Shane's a little emotional, right? Because what we learn in this episode is that she feels Mert is perfect. Uh, is questioning why he picked her. Uh, why am I the special one? He's so handsome and charming. And then we find out about the self-doubts and how she's been hurt in the past. And I I felt sad in this moment because, you know, I think that sometimes, actually, no, I think all the time, we all go through a moment in time in our life where we have self-doubt. And that can be brought on from like trauma of a situation or rejection or breakups or whatever. A lot of different things can um, bring on self-doubt. But I guess what I'm saying is like everyone deserves love. And I just feel like, yeah, Mert seems great, right, from the other episode. And yeah, he's very handsome and all the things. But Shane you bring a lot to the table as well, right? You're like a beautiful individual, kind and considerate and all the things. And so that doubt just made me sad for a moment because 
it shouldn't just be why did he pick me? It's like you picked him as well. And so right. he should be as lucky to have someone like you. You deserve all the things. All of you out there deserve all the things. Yes, that part. Um, so they do a little bit of uh, celebrating over the phone and then Shane gets off the phone. She's going to celebrate, have a birthday dinner and some drinks uh, with her mom and her bestie, Grace. And so they go for dinner. They get all dolled up. They all look fantastic. And one of the things that Shane talks about is the visa process um, is stressing her out. Uh, they're two months behind, she said. And so she thought she would be getting married in February. She's now maybe not going to get married till May. Um, she's already put 3,000 pounds into the visa process. Um, and one of the things that was stalling it was, the question was, you need to write down everywhere you lived in the last five years, which I thought was interesting, April, because that's a very similar process with the U.S. process. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's, it's nerve wracking for people if you've moved around, but you know what's even worse? Mm. When I did the bar for DC, I had to write down everywhere I've lived since I was 18 years old. Yeah. 18, like, and then they kept rejecting my application because they were comparing it to my credit report and all the addresses that I used for reporting credit were not always the same as where I lived. It was a mess. It was a mess. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Some of the things the government and governments in general want you to remember, like, where did you live in, you know, 2002? Uh, what was your address? What was the zip code? What was your postal code? Like all the things. It's interesting. Incredibly annoying. Incredibly annoying. So yeah. That was holding it up um, for her. And there was something else that was holding it up too. Oh, it was because, sorry, you already said it because they pushed back the wedding date. Mm -hmm. um, and so she was stressing out about that. But then she's like, you know what? It's my birthday. I don't want to stress out no more heavy talk. And one of the cheers thing that was a new, I was like, is this a UK tradition? And if it is, you guys let me know because um, I've not heard of it. Uh, but it was the cheersing of the wine bud and the stem and it's tits and a tits and a have you seen that before I have never seen it before but it's my new favorite thing Shane I'm doing it everywhere yeah and so that you don't have seven years of bad sex I was like I have not heard that before um but I like it obviously it's what I've been missing in my <laughs> So, um, dinner goes well, they go off for some drinks, and this is where we are kind of putting two and two together, because we're kind of going from the aftermath of it all, and the aftermath is that apparently Merck got jealous while Shane was having birthday drinks with her mom and her best friend. Exactly. Some her random mom. dude that Mert saw behind her that she knew nothing about, and then he flipped the script and this is where I was like is this the same Mert that I'm digging from the last few episodes because now he's telling her that she has one hour and then she needs to go home there's no more time she could have no more drinks then on the phone says 
you can't drink outside anymore. And if you drink outside, you're only allowed to have two maps. And Shane's like, what are you talking about? Like, that is not how we do it here. And don't you trust me? And he's like, I, and this is a red flag. When someone says, oh, no, I trust you. I just don't trust everybody else. That <laughs> is such a manipulative move. I, sorry, not sorry. That is a red not flag. Sorry. When someone is manipulating you and says, oh, no, babe, it's not you. I, of course I trust you. I just don't trust everybody else. Yeah, this is a person who is suddenly seeking to control Shane and we don't know where it's coming from. Yeah, it was, we don't. So he does admit that he's a jealous person and um, Shane's like, you know what? All I want you to do is apologize. And he's like, I won't, it's your fault. And I was like, oh, whoa, wait a, wait a minute. This is Hold going up. Wait a minute. This is going downhill fast. Mm -hmm. These are signs of someone that is absolutely controlling. And what is that going to look like once you guys are two or together? And especially when he's outside of his comfort zone and in the UK and all he can focus on is you. Are we going to get Mert from the past few previous episodes? Or are we going to get this Mert that we've never met before that is raising the red flags all over the place? And he says, as my wife, this was, a, this was the line that sealed it for me, y'all. He said, as my wife, if I'm not there, you can't go. <laughs> Excuse me? Excuse me, what did this you say? Is, this is really, really bizarre. And people tend to think, oh, this kind of thing will get better over time or it'll get better when we're together. Physically, it won't. Mert is letting us know who he is and how he thinks. And if there is, you know, one more conversation where he says he still feels this way, then as good as it's been in the past, it's time to say goodbye to Mert. Woo! Woo! Um, his last thing was, after last night, you can't drink outside. Um, friend? what you're not about to do is tell a grown ass woman what she can and cannot do. And especially when you are nowhere near her. So what you're not about to do is tell this grown woman who has friends and family who's in her space celebrating her, what she can put in her body and what she can't put into her body, what she can and cannot do, where she can and cannot go. No, we're not, we're not doing any of that. We're mm -hmm. not doing any of that. So this next few episodes, I'm going to need him to sort through some of the things that we heard because I am not impressed. Not impressed at all. Mert, we want you to come back to the person that you were. And if you don't, we want our girl Shane to go ahead and move on because Shane, you deserve all the things. All you the can things. People will sometimes, unfortunately, get in this like pattern of, but he was so good at this time. And they keep on waiting for that person to come back when they're not going to. I really so, hope that that's not this. I really hope that that's not this. Um, we meet a new couple, you guys. We meet a new couple uh, in episode three and four. <sighs> How much do you hate her? <laughs> 1,000%. And I feel terrible about it because on socials, I think she's fantastic. But I had not seen this character yet. Although I do know that oftentimes... Eastern European women 
get a bad rap because of their kind of like staunch like personalities but i feel like she's just she's above and beyond what i've i've seen and know and i what were your thoughts on her i'm actually okay with her very straightforward personality and the fact that she loves to have a particular kind of lifestyle because she's not hiding it she's saying exactly who she is and he's accepting exactly who she is the thing that i have a problem with is you cannot date someone who already has a child and insist that you be number one in that person's life and i'm talking about whether it's a mom or a dad you just you simply i i don't think that you can do that i think that child existed before you and their emotional, financial, physical needs are always going to be the first consideration. That's what I think. I agree with you 100%. I'm just trying to think about how you're so kind to give her, like you don't have an issue with her. I just have all the issues with her and I'm trying to think, think like, am I being over the top? And no, I don't think I am. Well, I, think that, I, mean, I just think a woman that is in competition of your child is wrong. A woman that you say is clear about her wants and her needs. However, you don't accept the man who presented exactly who he is and you're continuing to want to change him and everything he does is not okay. And you're going to come into his space and take over the space and you don't even live there yet. And you're going to try to tell his child what she can and cannot do and also you're a visitor she's the daughter and you don't want the daughter to be there during the time that you're visiting because it's your time now you better get the fuck out of here no 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 i think what's irritating the fact that she is direct and knows what she wants and a go-getter and all the things that doesn't bother me go ahead and be a strong woman the part that she makes everything a competition with the child, the part that she, in my opinion, um, talks down to her partner as if he is not a grown ass 46 year old bothers me. The part that you are benefiting obviously from this relationship. And it's clear to me that you went on an international dating site specifically to get out of Kazakhstan and to live abroad so that you can live your best life says a lot about you because if you could have done it by yourself, then you would have, but you didn't and here you are. And Robert, in my opinion, is accepting you for who you are, but you are not accepting him for who he is and that bothers me. All right, got that out. There's more to come, you guys, because I was like, what the hell? <laughs> so Rob, uh, Robert, Rob is 46, Azelle is 35. Um, he, thank you, Evelyn, I'm totally <laughs> with me too. You and I together unite. Um, what I thought was interesting, you guys too, is that the way he, he, who he described himself is he's a patriotic Scotsman. And I was like, well, but like, what, what's your job? Like everyone else said, this is where, this is where I live and this is my job. He didn't say that. He just said he's a patriotic Scotsman. Um, I, at this point, didn't know that he had a full-on grown child, a 16-year-old named Arwen, 
but then it made sense to me because the next thing I'm about to say is that his place is a mess. It's like a bachelor pad. But then we find out later in the episode that she actually doesn't live with him. She comes to visit. So that's hence the fact that that place was a mess, a mess, a hot mess. Like, go ahead and get um, a cleaning service to come in once a week. I think cleaning service. That man needs one eight hundred hoarders. That was that was beyond messy. There's like a lot, a lot. Going I'm sorry. On. When you start putting junk on top of junk, you need to reflect. It reminded me of um, what's the other dude from season one? Um, Kyle. No. Oh. He was he was a cleaner as a job, but his house was a disgusting mess, and he would put the dishes in the cabinet. The dirty dishes in the cabinet. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I know exactly who you're. But that's talking what it reminded about. me of, like all the dishes piled up everywhere, and like I get grossed up by weird things, so I couldn't really look at the bathroom. But I know, like the toilet area, something was going on there. But I had closed my eyes because, like, I get traumatized very quickly with stuff like that. Um, but it just it was like not just messy; it was dirty, mm -hmm. and I think that's the difference. So uh, we do find out that he has a 16 year old. They have a great relationship. They have great banter. They spend time together, all the things. So we know that Arwen is a big part of Robert's life. Uh, but then he went on an international dating site and met a woman from Kapstan named Azel. And right off the bat, they're talking and she's complaining. And she complains all episode three and all of episode four. And first she's complaining via FaceTime that she thinks that he's old, he's needy, he has no style, uh, that she he annoys her and pisses her off. Do you know that song that starts off, you whack, you twisted, your girls, <laughs> that's what, when she was talking to him, that's how it came to me, like, you're old, you're needy. <laughs> I'm not a fan of it. That's your partner and you're talking crazy about him immediately. Sean, that's his name. Thank you, Kitchen Skills. Sean, Sean in his dirty apartment. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not delightful that she chooses to interact with him this way. But, but I don't have an issue with that because he's accepting being talked to that way. For all we know, the dude has a shame kink. I only have an issue with the fact that she thinks that her relationship with him should supersede that of the daughter. No, I'm not for it. And, and maybe he does have a shame kink and that's it. But then they need to say that because right now it, it sounds to me like you have a partner who's degrading you on international TV and it's not a good look. So if that's something that you guys think is sexy and it's special and that's a special kink, then I'm going to need you guys to explain it. So then, then I can compartmentalize it where it needs to go. But that is not what's happening in my opinion. So she says that she loves her country, but she always wanted to live abroad, which goes to what I was saying earlier, that if she's so about her life and she's about the business, she's a go-getter and all the things, why has she not lived abroad up until this point and needed to go on an international dating site and meet this guy who's from Scotland and then come over and have a bunch of demands? Do it on your own, my friend. If you're so badass, strong ass, I can do it for myself woman, then do it for yourself. And don't get on a dating site and expect someone else to bend to your will. She says she's goal-oriented. 
straightforward, demanding, knows what she wants, um, likes nice and good quality things, and then goes into degrading her partner again. Some just fun photo of him in a Mickey Mouse t-shirt. You don't know if that shirt represents something to him, has meaning to him. Maybe it's the first time he took his daughter to Disneyland or Disney World. Maybe um, Mickey Mouse was his uh, niece's favorite character and the niece passed in a tragic accident. And anytime he wears this shirt, he's honoring her. But no, Estelle just doesn't like it hates Mickey Mouse t-shirt, wants him to throw it away, wants him to have higher fashion standards and says that his his look is like a lumberjack and he's a lumberjack and all he does is farts and burps and she's not impressed. And again, why are you with him? So April, you say, you know, she is who she is and he's accepting her, but she, again, to me, is not accepting him for who he is. Yeah, I... <laughs> She's not, she's not, but, but he chose her. Like I can, I cannot fault a woman for being an awful person when he's consistently choosing her and she's being honest about who she is, what she wants. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do actually. I mean, and then you know how me and Shara roll. Date where you want to live, sprinkle, sprinkle. I mean, we are not having that conversation again, but yeah. What she said, if you're all about that life and you're like, I'm in Timbuktu, but really I'm going to say I'm in Paris because you want to live in Paris and that's on you. But like, <laughs> y'all started off your relationship on a lie. But who am I to say? So, um, she goes on to say that um, she, she's highfalutin, basically, guys. She likes good things, good quality of life, and that's what she expects. And so she is flying into Scotland to spend a month with Rob. Um, and over the past year, they've been visiting each other back and forth. And so Rob feels like if things are going to be continue to be great and it feels right, he's going to propose to her on this trip. He took her feedback and yeah, sorry. No, she's a bitch. This is, this is about to piss me off right now again. So he took her feedback about the way she dressed and dressed up to go pick her up from the airport and literally are all the choices that she made. Right. So he took that feedback and ran with it. Then he also took the feedback where she's calling him a lumberjack and shaved. So he's clean shaven. Then also took the feedback where when he shows up, he doesn't have flowers for her. So he's dressed up. He's well-shaved. He smells good. Brought flowers for her arrival, you guys, from her trip. Gets to the airport, is proud of himself. The least she can do is say, hey, you know what? Yes, tell us how you really feel, Linda. I am about to, Stevie. I'm about to go off. So buckle up. <laughs> He takes all her feedback. The least she could do, in my opinion, is be like, oh my God, I, I see that you made an effort. Thank you so much. That's it. This bitch, y'all, says, oh, he brought flowers and the flowers are ugly. 
I'm going to next time have to show him what type of flowers are not ugly. Listen here. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen is all. This would be, if I was him, this would be the first and last time you ever got flowers, period. Because it's not about the flowers. And if you don't see that, then you're part of the problem. Because it's about the communication. He took your feedback, he processed it, and he ran with it. And mm -hmm. for someone who is all about, oh, I'm this, I'm that, I'm so great, I'm highfalutin, then you should have been like, hey, if I'm in a happy, happy, healthy relationship, I can see that my man made the effort and listened about the little things that I said were important to me and did them. Now, can they fine tune them? Maybe you're allergic to purple flowers. I don't know. But you could have that conversation instead of saying, oh, they're ugly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then he took the feedback about his house being a mess. And not only did he do a deep clean, but he changed toilet seats, he changed carpeting, lighting, walls, all the things, you guys, upgrades to the house. But guess what? First of all, Estelle, you don't live there, you're a guest. Just remember that. You might be his girlfriend, you're not his fiance, and you do not live there, you're a guest. So for you to be like, she literally said that she's not impressed. He tried, but it's not enough. His house that he owns, do you own a house? Because I don't recall you saying you own a house. What are you bringing to the table, exam? And, and what is it that you do that you're so busy and highfalutin? Because I didn't hear your job either, Azel. But you're going to say this man who owns his own home, his house, it, what he's done for the upgrades is not enough, and his house is old, and you don't like it, and you want to change it. I'm sorry. Is your name on the mortgage? Maybe go ahead and change your own house. Maybe, since you're so highfalutin, go ahead and leave the country that you so love and you want to live abroad and go buy a house in the city and the country that you want to live on your own. Because, again, you're a visitor. You don't own that house. So, And you don't even have any rights to that house because you're the girlfriend and not the wife. So for you to want to change his house, the house that you don't own and live in, is beyond me. Yeah. I feel like she either really likes him and is not really expressing it to us, or she just gave up on looking for somebody who she really liked and was like, this will do. Let me see like, where I can make shake with this guy. I'm going to need her to explain immediately because it's coming across as terrible. Ter it's coming across as when you said that his daughter was uh, spoiled, disrespectful, and grateful. Sounds like you're talking about yourself. Yeah, those those words right back at you. That That right is how you're you. behaving. Although I say I don't have a problem with her behavior, that is how she's behaving. Because he could just not accept it. He could just not accept it and have just dated somebody else. I'm trying to get to the root of it. Because right now, it's coming across terrible, in my opinion. Terrible. I mean He's allowed her to say, he said from the very beginning, she's made it very clear that she feels like she's in competition, in competition with Arwen. Yeah, I haven't gotten to that. Like, I haven't even gotten to that, April. And you're a mom. So tell me, if you had a partner that you were dating that's not your significant other and that there are is paperwork signed, that is not your husband, that is just someone you've been dating long distance. 
and that person came up into your home and was competing with your child, then what? I wouldn't even stay with my ex-husband if he behaved that way. I've been on dates before where a, a child is calling my attention for something, like even a stranger child. Like I was at a museum exhibit once and a little kid was playing and got my attention to, to play a little game. And the person I was with on a date kept trying to distract me from the child to have a conversation. Like we have a whole date left to go. This child only wants a moment of time to play this little game. That was a turnoff to me. You can't even see that I'm just interacting with a child right now and just let it ride and we can have our conversation later on. Like that is a turnoff to me. So at no point is there going to be any person, whatever their relationship is to me, not my, not my parents, not my siblings, who says, I want to be number one in your life over your child, over my child. I would be like, are we talking about the same person? I don't think this message was for me. What she said, everything that she's saying. So one of the things that I thought was interesting, Giselle, is that you want to change the house, but you also want to make the storage room your workspace. You're already like moving yourself in mentally into the home that you then don't even like. So I thought that was interesting. And then I thought it was interesting that you were in his in his space, getting rid of his clothes without his permission. And when you called all of his, you're getting rid of his, all of his old clothes and his stupid stuff. I was like, again, you don't know if any of that stupid stuff has sentimental value to him or not. Did you have that conversation? Or did you just go in there and start taking the stuff that you don't like out? And so she calls him to bring the garbage bag. And she says that Robert, quote, likes to be bossed around, which might, you know, go to what April is saying, that maybe he has some type of weird kink that he likes to be talked down to. I don't know. But I'm going to need someone to tell me immediately. Because right now, I'm just, I'm not liking this whole situation. She pulls up what I thought was the weirdest thing, uh, because I'm a big fan of these Adidas track pants. I said, who doesn't like Adidas track pants? Like, who in the world is like, oh, those are ugly. Throw them out. What? Totter's back in town. Arwen's back in town. Uh, we find out that she lives in London. She's there for the week to visit. Uh, she goes go-karting with her dad. They talk about the good relationship, how they have fun together, washing cars and all the things. They have a lot of things that they do in common. Um, and it's clear to me that Arwen is a big part of his life. Mm -hmm. And he continues to want it to be that way. And she seems delightful. I mean, she does seem delightful. I mean, the, the food part we'll get to. I thought that was a little rude of her. But overall, she's being rude because this woman that's come into her life has only given her strife and has not um, taken the opportunity to get to know her. And as a teenager, if you can remember your teenage years, if someone even gives you the slight bit of attitude, you're going to give attitude right back. And it's harder to cultivate that relationship because you're literally going an uphill battle because the child, because don't forget teenagers are still children, is still thinking you're the way that you presented yourself. And so instead of being open and, hey, 
let's take time to get to know each other and maybe we don't see each other all the time and I don't know anything about you, but I want to know you and have those type of communications. If you're coming in with like attitude, hey, what's up? And that's it. This is my space and my time with your dad. Then that's going to be hard to like get around. Don't forget, you're the adult. You're the 39-year-old and that's the 16-year-old. Exactly. So even if she's being spoiled and all the things that you're saying, you're the adult, so you need to rise above that. Because guess what? Teenagers act like that because they're children. Yeah. So daughter's in town from London to visit. Um, Robert even sees that Azelle and Arwen have this rivalry that, that Azelle has put into place. Um, and so when Azelle said that Arwen staying a week was too long, that she came to visit and wants to be alone with her man, I literally in my said in my head said a bunch of cuss words because that is his child. You're there for a month and you don't want that that girl, okay? I'm just gonna be real with you. That girl Arwen, whether you come or go, stay or leave, together for 50 years or together for five months. That's going to always be his child. And that child is going to be in his life every single day for the rest of y'all's lives, period. Mm -hmm. So get used to it, friend. Get used to it. And the simple fact that you're there for a month and you don't want to share a week tells me that not only are you selfish and that this is about you only and not even about your relationship with Robert because Robert is a package deal. Robert comes with Arwen. Arwen is his baby, and that will always be his baby. And guess what? That baby will always come before you. I don't give a shit about what you say. That baby is always going to come before you. And guess what? She should, because that's his child. Yeah, she should. It's even concerning because she wants to have kids. So she's letting us know off rip. She's not going to be encouraging relationship between any kids that she has with Robert, with Arwen, and we'll probably set up some kind of rivalry between them. But this is not something that I even blame on her. This sits squarely in Robert's wheelhouse. He's allowing this. Gazelle goes on to say that she wants nothing to do with Arwen, his child, Um, says that she has an attitude, and I was like, takes one to know one, tells her that, she is spoiled and disrespectful and grateful. And again, takes one to no one. And so she says all of this stuff and then does something that I thought was like completely different to everything that you've been saying thus far. Um, she goes on to say that she doesn't want to be the number one, number two woman in Robert's life. She wants to be number one. But in the meantime, she's going to go ahead and make like some um, cultural food as kind of like a token of peace offering to Arwen and Robert. So she makes progies and bread. Um, and I got to tell you something, though. Who doesn't like pierogies? Okay. <laughs> Am I wrong for thinking that pierogies got served with sauce? Yeah. Like pierogies itself, and then sometimes, I mean, in the West they put uh, sour cream, but I know from, um, why do I say hungry? The Polish. The Polish ways is of uh, pierogies and sausage. 
together, like chopped up. Yeah. Okay. Here's a couple of things. If you're dating someone with teenagers, you're making food for them. Only put one on their plate. Do not embarrass yourself by giving them a full plate. That's a setup for failure on both sides. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I uh, who doesn't like pierogies? Yeah, who, but she did say she was a fussy eater. Right. Okay. So yeah, I'll get to that. So yeah, she so pierogies and bread, which I thought was amazing because like, who who doesn't like pierogies and who doesn't like bread? Um, but Arwen did say that she's a fussy eater, and which I think is funny because you know if you've ever been to London, that it's not the place that you go to as a foodie town because everything is gray on gray on gray. And besides the fish and chips, <laughs> you're eating a lot of beans, brown beans, lots of beans. And I watched the Great British Bake Off and every single time they do something that's like strictly British as opposed to like they borrow a lot of from like France and Italy and stuff. It's always like, why is there a bird in the pie? Like, it's always something weird. Yeah. Uh, Vanny says there's no uh, sausage in with pierogi in Poland. And I'll have to take your word for it. Uh, my Polish friend has served me with sausage and pierogi that way. So maybe it's not the traditional ways. But thank you for sharing. Um, so Arwen doesn't like the dinner. And is the whole dinner was very uncomfortable. Like she was like, mmm, <laughs> like kids do, do when they really hate it, but they're like, mmm, this is delicious. Let me just not take a bite of it. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, and then Robert's like, Well, why am I the only one eating? And this is when Arwen got her digs in. She's like, Probably because she doesn't like it either. <laughs> I got laughter. See, Robert made this whole situation worse. He could have just quietly let Arwen not like it. But he's like, why aren't you eating? You don't like it? Yep. <laughs> yep, you are not wrong. But the other thing that you should do, like I know people like to have sit-down dinners, but as a person who has dated someone that has young kids, do not sit at the table when they're trying it for the first time. Just let them let them do that on their own without you in there so that you they they can be alone and you don't need to be embarrassed if they don't like it. There's, there you go. There's, you there's ways around this, okay? Um so dinner was a mess and they fed it to the dogs basically. Uh, the next day it was time to spend together, right? He, I think that Robert is trying to force a relationship with Azal and Arwen that is based off of nothing and therefore they're having a lot of issues with it. But they're gonna go ax throwing <clears throat> and Azal is mad that Arwen's going with them because she wanted it to be a date night um, and just the two of them and again, they're a package deal fool. Like, why are you being this way? What up, Just Riley in the house? Don't be starting stuff. <laughs> hey, Riley. Um, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. That's his kid. The kid's there for a week. Go ahead and accept that and try to get to know the kid. How about that? This could be so much fun. She's she's really making it way more difficult than it needs to be. Arwen is older. You can have fun conversations and interactions with her. And and honestly, apart from the 
you know, way she was talking about the food, she seems quite delightful for a teenager to yeah. me. Yeah. Like she seems like she's a fun person that you'd have a lot to talk about with. Yeah. And give her a chance instead of trying to be uh, her nemesis and rival. Cause that's what happens. So they go ax throwing and it all goes amok because Arwen is a better ax thrower than Azelle. Azelle's feeling competitive towards Arwen and Azelle says, quote unquote, she doesn't like to lose and ends up losing <laughs> to Arwen and then is totally pissed off on that. So it was just all a hot mess, right? Um, next day, it's father-daughter time. So Robert and Arwen are spending time together, just having a meal together. And Arwen literally says how she feels. And I think it's important for Robert to listen to his teenage daughter because she's expressing how this third party is making her feel. She says that Estelle doesn't care about anyone but herself. She is concerned that Azelle doesn't want to get to know her. She doesn't. That Azelle is a closed off person she and is. not a happy person. She does not seem to be. Warns the dad that it's too soon for Azelle to be a stepmom. Warns the dad that Azelle is coming across as hating her. And Arwen has some concerns about Azelle's intentions and tries to explain it like she, you're like the trophy. Right. So dad thought that was funny, but I got what she was saying. She was like, you are the boyfriend that lives abroad. You're older. You're well-established. You have your own money, your own home, your own car, all the things. And she wants everything paid for. As she said, she wants a specific type of lifestyle. As she says, she only expects the highfalutin things as she says. So the daughter has some concerns about that. And said, you know, if you guys are going to get engaged, because the dad did mention that that's what he wants to happen on this trip, she's going to limit her time in coming up to visit because any time that she's come up and Azelle's been there, it's been unpleasant. You need to listen to your child. Yes. In all those things that I just so said to you, she's telling you exactly how she feels. And if you don't want to wreck the relationship with your child, you need to address all of these things. If you don't want to add trauma to your child, because it can only go downhill from here if you do not fix the relationship before you move forward, then that child, the 16-year-old, is going to not only hold on to that trauma, but is going to have resentment towards you. Because here's the opportunity where she sat down, opened up her heart, and told you how she felt. And if you don't do anything with those words, then it's going to come across as if you didn't care. Do you want to add? Yeah, I, I think that he's already let her know that he doesn't care by continuing this relationship. So this is, this is like, it seems like a final warning that Arwen has given. I'm going to tell you everything that I'm feeling, just flat out, straightforward, and now the ball's in your court, dad. Do you want us to have a relationship or we're not going to have one? That part. That part. Those are the things, y'all. I loved it. I'm about it. We're going to see what happens uh, in episode five and six as we continue to catch up on 90 Day Fiance UK. You guys, don't forget to like and subscribe. 
and uh over here as well as over at holloway legal plc yes guys those of you guys are watching 90 day fiance uh the last resort uh if you have cable it comes on on monday if you're using a streaming service we just found out it got moved over to tuesday so if you were looking for it yesterday as i was because i was going to do my review and it wasn't there because it's not on the streaming service till tuesday so moving forward uh if you didn't know now you know if you're looking for the last resort on a streaming service, it's going to be on Tuesdays. Um, and therefore, my reviews on that will be on Wednesdays because we do UK on Tuesdays. So I'll see y'all tomorrow Bye. for all things uh, the last resort. And I'll probably be coming in hot because, you know, because of you know who and you know why. Um, mm -hmm. And that's it. You guys come over and see the pictures of Turkey that I just posted when I went there a couple years ago. Come over where? To my YouTube page. It is April's Immigration and Travel Adventures. Be there or be square. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye.